Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of A Day in the Life of Zuri podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us on this mini-sode. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and connect today um, on a very sensitive topic, so trigger warning, um, violence, gun violence, school shootings, um, for anybody that's listening. And um, really, I just, this was not the intended episode for this week, but it is a resonating reminder of what's going on in the real world, right? So today, um, December 14th, when I will be dropping this mini-sode, is the 10-year anniversary of the Sandy Hook school shooting. So for many of you that have been listening, and that know me, we live in Connecticut, which is where Sandy Hook, um, the tragedy of Sandy Hook took place, which was a shooting at a elementary school where um, many lives were taken of both children and adults in the um, school environment. And this marks the decade uh, anniversary of that. And to be frankly honest, I wanted to just go ahead and discuss this, not just because it's relevant in current um, day and time, but just because in recent weeks we were actually going to our family Christmas photo shoot and it happened to be out in um, Newtown, which is where Sandy Hook is located. And um, just as we were going and scheduling this, you know, Christmas photo shoot, for my family, we were actually coinciding with recently opened memorial for the Sandy Hook massacre. And I, you know, when Sandy Hook occurred back in 2012, I had at the time a two-year-old baby. We only had one daughter at that time. Um, so of course she wasn't in school. She wasn't in preschool. She was just, you know, in home daycare with one of our very close friends. And, um, even so, even so, Sandy Hook, like, just, it hit home. One, because we were literally in the state where it had taken place. And two, just because it was so relevant at the time. My sister was a teacher as well. And it just, like, there were so many people in my life that I knew that were in the education system. And I just couldn't fathom sending your child to school in the morning, a place they're supposed to be safe and they're supposed to be, you know, taken care of and protected and that you send your little ones, especially since many of them were kindergartners, um, you send your little one to school, you know, innocently and just assuming that everything will go well. And you get that terrible, awful, tragic, horrific phone call that there's been a shooting at your child's school. And then, you know, you see people start to evacuate the building and you you start to get the reports of who's making it out. And then all of a sudden you are not getting the report that your child is safe. And I just, I can't fathom still 10 years later, I have two kids and they're both in school. And I just, it broke my heart when my daughter did begin school and they had drills like active shooter drills in their school. And the first time that she came home, she must have been in like kindergarten. And she was like, mom, yeah, we have to like do this and we have to hide. And it it literally broke my heart to even think of the fact that my young little innocent child is sitting there 
being taught how to safe, you know, how to stay safe in an active shooter um, situation. And the fact that that had become a reality for us um, was really heartbreaking. And of course, all of the families, you know, that were impacted right around the holiday season, like not that it's fine any other time of year, but just the specific time of year where you know that there's things already planned and arranged for your kids, you know, right? Because the first thing you take care of is the kids Christmas stuff. And I just, I couldn't even imagine, like, I just, I felt so sorrowful and heartbroken that entire holiday season, because I just thought every time that I did something with my child, I just thought how these families must have felt. Um, many of them had one child lost and another survive. So how do you, how do you make a holiday season magical for the surviving child while still mourning and suffering the loss of your other child? Um, and it was just like really just unbelievably sad all around. And it just brought to face yet again, how just not, it's not even about gun control, you guys. It's, and I do believe there should be more realistic gun control laws, but it's it's even more so greatly about how we at the time and even still now view mental health and the fact that we do not give a focus to mental health and the mental well-being of individuals because an individual is not just the physical being, but it is also the mental and emotional and social-emotional being of a person. And in the U.S., we're just so busy pushing everybody's agenda and pushing things along and moving, moving, you know, at lightning speed that we choose to ignore this very core and essential factor that comprises a person, which is their mental health. And if people are already suffering or are already predetermined to be easily um, impacted by anxiety, stress, depression. Um, there's a lot of things that like stem from those like things not being taken care of or those needs not being met um, early on that they continue to harbor in somebody's, you know, inner being. And these are the things that ultimately go out and become these explosive events of just sheer tragedy and destruction. Um and at the time, it was just like really concerning at the fact that, you know, this young man, one, had readable access to all of this weaponry, and two, that like there were known issues with his mental health, um, and just things were either A, not fully, you know, vetted out and taken care of or worked on, and B, just the readable access of gun and weaponry for, um, families or anyone that houses someone who has these tendencies of, you know, harboring these types of feelings and emotions that could potentially eventually leash out, you know, lash out um, against, you know, either the family or, or complete strangers, which in this case, it lashed out in both because he, um, the shooter in this particular scenario, did shoot his mother and then subsequently went and com committed, committed the shooting at the school and um, eventually lost his own life. Um, I forget if it was at his own doing or with the police, but it was just like, just this vast, just breakdown of, of what our society 
continues to do. And I, I will share the reason I think that this hit home yet again for me is that the fact that I had already lived through the shooting at Columbine and it was very similar in terms of, you know, it was a, you know, a, a student that wasn't, um, your typical, right, student experience. It was somebody who was already showing signs of, of either distress or, you know, showing signs of potential depression or just like that gloom and doom um, kind of sense about them in terms of, of their person. And obviously those are, there are people who choose to be gothic, you know, on purpose and, and they're perfectly fine, healthy, you know, stable human beings. And that's just their aesthetic. But there's people that they have this gloom and doom um kind of like shadow about them and and it's usually telling and and you know it can make people uncomfortable and usually it's it's an indicator of something going on something deeper than you know it's more than skin deep it's it's definitely something going on within them that needs to either be talked through or you know perhaps medicated or you know a, a plethora of things there's a lot of things you know people carry traumas and and you know in certain, you know, families and, and cultures and even generations, there's a lot of things that go unspoken and unsaid. And if we don't talk about it, it's not an issue. And I know that that, you know, even in Latino culture, that's a very big thing. It, you know, we ignore a lot of the things. And I think that, you know, the generation that I'm a part of and the generations that come after us, I really think have worked you know, huge strides to try and break those um, generational curses of just, you know, we don't talk about it. We, if it's not talked about, if we pretend it's not there, it doesn't exist. Um, because we know that mental health is essential um, to the overall wellness of a person. And, you know, in this particular instance, you know, with, with the Sandy Hook shooting, I, I was just completely heartbroken at the fact that the innocent, you know, small children and administrators and teachers were, were, were lost for, you know, a senseless act of violence. And then it just, it reminded me of the, the, you know, the, the feelings that I felt, you know, when I was in eighth grade and Columbine took place and I was, you know, getting ready to gear up and to go into high school. And I was going to an overpopulated high school at that. We had over 3000 students in our high school. So, it's just like terrifying to think about the fact that, you know, that Columbine was, I think, in 99. And here we were, you know, another 13 years later and yet another shooting. And here we are another 10 years later. And there's shootings going on every week. There's something going on. There's multi, you know, multi-casualty shootings all the time. And it's just like, I feel like we've become desensitized to the topic of shootings. Um, and I think that, you know, everybody always jumps the gun and is like, oh, it's not about gun control. Well, it has to be a little bit about gun control. But more importantly, it has to be about mental health and the overall wellness of a person. And and if we're not treating that, if we're choosing to ignore that, then we we obviously are faulting ourselves and setting ourselves up for continued mass shootings, which is just tragic because continuously losing innocent lives that are doing their day-to-day -day living, just doing about their normal daily things, like going to school, like going to work, like going, you know, going shopping. Um, and it's just, it's it breaks my heart. And I, you know, I, I didn't want to make this about, you know, a rant about all that stuff, but I just, I think it needs to be said. And, you know, on a day like this, where we look back and we reflect and, you know, the, the point of the story being that we were at our Christmas family photo shoot and the Newtown, um, Sandy Hook Memorial had recently opened in the, in the couple weeks leading up to that photo shoot. So 
on, you know, on that morning, I, I did share with my husband, I said, I really would like to stop by the Sandy Hook Memorial. I'd like to see it. Um, this was the first time in 10 years where I was able to actually even remotely go near Sandy Hook. Um, every time that we drove to New York and back, I would see the sounds for Newtown and Sandy Hook, and I would think about the tragedy yet again. Um, but we never were able to I was never able to make it to the Sandy Hook memorials or anything that was going on prior to this memorial um, because it was just too hard. It was too difficult for me to go and actually see the reality of, of this tragedy that had taken place and the, li- the innocent lives lost of both the kids and the adults. And I just, I, I couldn't make sense of it all. And I still can't. Um, but I was able to, at this point, kind of make my peace with it. And I wanted to go and pay my respects to um, all of these beautiful souls that were taken from us far too soon. And I wanted to see, you know, the, the thing that has been created out of, you know, the ashes of just horrific tragedy, of a senseless tragedy to make something beautiful and inspiring and, you know, something thought provoking that, you know, instills people to go ahead and take a moment of solitude. And, you know, they opened it during the, the wintry season, so it's cold and, you know, all the all the greenery is not lush and beautiful, but I can tell you that it's already a beautiful memorial and I can't wait to see it in the spring because I know it's just going to be absolutely stunning. Um, but it was created very much so to be thought-provoking and provide that moment of peace and solitude um, that I really think that you need when you're trying to acknowledge something as serious and as grave as the Sandy Hook shooting. And, you know, as you walk around, it's this beautiful fountain and as you walk around the fountain, the names of all the victims are, you know, in, uh, embedded in each of the stones as you walk around. And it's just like, it just really sinks in the, the heaviness of how all of these people never made it home, never made it home for that Christmas, never made it home for winter break, how all of these people didn't make it home that day. Um, and, you know, to all of the families directly and indirectly impacted because we know that when a tragedy strikes it's not just the direct impact of the people whose families you know lost people in the event but all of the subsequent people right because there's other classmates that survived um there's students that you know survived and their teacher did not there were students that survived and some of their peers did not siblings um we know that their direct families extended families friends and just that entire community and i can tell you that all of connecticut still mourns the sandy hook shooting and all of the victims because it hit home. It, you know, I, I thought I was affected by Columbine, which was completely across the country. And when Sandy Hook took place, I just, I felt like just the safety net of what we knew as our safe community in Connecticut was ripped away from us. And, um, I don't think it's ever been the same. I think that, you know, I send my kid and even when I'm doing back to school shopping, I think, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't buy her light up shoes because I don't want her to walk and be a target. Um, you know, so it's just, it's things that are now embedded in our brains and in the way that we live um, and the, the way that we work as a community and the school communities. You know, I have two kids in two separate schools and it's two different school communities. And I try to connect, connect myself and remain linked to it just to be in the know and, and you know, have parents and contact um, at both schools because I want to be in the know and God forbid something were to happen. I want to be able to have a community network um, to be able to communicate and like get information to and from. Um, 
But more importantly, I just really think that when Sandy Hook happened, especially here in Connecticut, it's small. It's a small state, you know, where we're, we're big, but not really. Um, and the community is really tight knit. And you can tell that the Sandy Hook and Newtown community was a very small, tight knit community because it was a very small place. Um so you can only imagine the grave impact that that had just like the ripple effect of just, you know, the the immensity of the loss that took place that day. And, you know, I even feel not, 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 not that I'm excusing the shooter, but I even feel for the shooter's family because you know that for, for now and forever, they are identified as the family of this man that committed this horrible tragedy. And, and I feel heartbroken even for them because they experienced this loss. And I felt heartbroken at the time because nobody wanted to claim his body from the morgue. And, you know, it's just all these like really sad layers that continue to add. And on a day like today where it's 10 years out and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe it's been a decade. And it's and I think, oh my God, it's been a decade. And I can just imagine that every single parent and sibling and family member and friend that was directly impacted by the immediate loss of a loved one that day continues to think and is now thinking, I can't believe it's been 10 years without my loved one in my life. And, you know, for that, I just I just want to say that my prayers and thoughts go out to all of the impacted directly or indirectly parties of the Sandy Hook tragedy. I, anytime that this comes up in my thoughts, if it comes up, if I read a news article, if I see something, um, my thoughts and prayers just go out to all of these families, you know, for peace and comfort and strength. And I know that so many of them have done so many beautiful things in memory of their loved ones, you know, um, and I, I commend the fact that they can pick up the pieces of their shattered lives and do anything um, productive or, you know, to give back towards the community. And I really hope that, you know, on a day like this where you take a moment to reflect, I really do hope that you truly do take a moment to reflect and not only reflect about the tragedy, but also reflect about all the things in our lives, right? Because sometimes it takes something like this, like a tragedy to really make you reflect and appreciate the things that you have in your life, the people you have in your life, and even the challenges you have in your life, right? Because in the grand scheme of life, it could be worse. It absolutely could be worse. Um, and, you know, I just, I want to remind you all to just show kindness, to bestow kindness upon one another. If you see somebody that is struggling, um, offer to lend a hand. Um, if you're not sure, seek information to offer um, to people. You know, we've had many friends that have gone through challenges of, you know, addiction or, you know, challenges overcoming certain things in their lives. And we, you know, we pull, we pull resources, you know, we pull information resources, we find, you know, ways to connect um, the people that we love to be able to get help, to be able to get assistance, resources, tools, whatever they need. Um, and we are there to support and love and, you know, just be a kind spirit to someone's journey. We know that not everybody is okay. We know that not everybody is healthy. We know that not everyone is well, especially with mental health being such a struggle through the pandemic. I know that there's a lot of people that are struggling and that are finding it really difficult to get through this holiday season. There are friends and family that have continued to experience loss um, as part of the pandemic and, you know, for other reasons um, in, in recent times. And, you know, for all of these friends, family, loved ones, strangers, near, far, that are experiencing this loss and sadness and sorrow, my heart goes out to you. My prayers go out to you. And I just pray that God give you the peace and strength 
um, and the comfort to just cover you this holiday season as you go through, you know, you go through the motions because I know, especially after losing a loved one so close and so recently, um, it's really difficult to go through the motions of, you know, experiencing the first holiday season um, after them and even long after them. I'm sure the families with Sandy Hook after 10 years are still finding it difficult to go through these, you know, quote unquote, joyous um, days, knowing that their heart is completely torn in two because they've lost a precious little one or a loved one in their life. So friends, just I wanted to drop this mini-sode, you know, because of the of the anniversary of Sandy Hook and just share my personal experience going out to the memorial. I think that if you're in the area, if you're from Connecticut and you haven't visited the memorial, I highly encourage you to do so um, and just really take that moment of solitude um, and reflect. It's, it's, it's intended for reflection and to, you know, pay your respects and be mindful and, you know, give that solitude a try, right? Sometimes we need to sit with our thoughts and feelings. Um, and I think that it provides a beautiful opportunity to do so um, in light of of the tragedy that they experienced. So with that, I just want to thank you all for being, you know, my listeners and being here through this, um, you know, chaotic journey that I called A Day in the Life of Zori. And I just really wanted to share these thoughts with you all. I hope that you take a moment today to reflect on all the things in your life, good, bad, ugly, and different. Um, and just, you know, take a moment, take it in and I will catch you guys next time. Um, again, this was a impromptu mini sode. I thank you so much for tuning in and until next time, I hope you have a wonderful day. Blessings. Stay blessed. Stay well. Bye.